Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. This is Ryan Delacross. I'm here with Father Richard Pagano. Yeah. And Ryan Scheel, um, the Ryan knower Fowler. of things, the drinker and knower of things. That's it. He drinks and, and knows things. Yeah. A little bit more knowing than drinking lately. Yeah. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, today, we're going to talk about Catholic prophecies of the end of the world. Apocalyptic prophecies. Are you tired of all the end of world talk yet? Because no. No? Well, Well. we've got something for you. So we're just going to talk about the relationship that Catholicism has with prophecy and specifically, you know, apocalyptic prophecies, ones about the end of the world or ones about the, you know, maybe the the destruction of the church or ones that are really. What? What? Jesus says you will not know the time. So how do you do that in juxtaposition to what Jesus said? Prepare. I don't know. That's what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's a a legitimate question. It is. Are you going to answer? Okay, that's what we're going to... And then legitimately... Like, Ryan, I'm not giving it all right, away yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, let's not jump right all the way uh, into the deep right, end. Well, that, was a, that was a Catholic talk show thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is prophecy even for? You know, so that's... The, we, we're going to well, get into some good stuff. there's prophecy, and then there's prophesying the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Right, because mm-hmm. there's prophets that are in the Old Testament. The office of the prophet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a Jewish tradition. It's their one of their what books of the Torah, the Torah, Torah. Yeah, yeah. The prophets. The Torah? Yeah, the Torah. Not uh, yeah. so in the Old Testament. That's more Torah is the fir- the, the first five that's books. The Pentateuch. Yeah, yeah the Pentateuch. Is, Pentateuch. These are the books of the prophets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's different. Part. Yeah, Malachi and yep. Amos and. Elijah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Jersey Mike. Jersey Mike. Where we just, <laughs> where we just had our subs. I yeah, prophesied. They were so good. I prophesied a, a roast beef sandwich. And I prophesied <laughs> that you guys are going to be sleeping in 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it, it man. Quick, quick, That's quick. why I'm drinking this coffee. Oh, Out of your gosh. really fine Catholic talk show mug, mm-hmm. which is not available on CatholicTalkShow.com, but you should go to CatholicTalkShow.com to make sure you subscribe to us. Uh, you can... Follow us on Castbox, Stitcher, Delacross, Google Play, and iTunes. Catholic Talk Show Ting. Catholic Talk Show dot com. Cast Media Studios, give them a shout out in yeah, the Hollywood. This may get a little delirious, guys. So we just want to kind of prep you. It's afternoon delirium. Ryan yeah. Ryan's been uh he's been sick and he's he's bravely battled through. Um yeah. it's not it's been not not pretty though. My wife wouldn't say that, but she would just call me a wuss. Jan, <laughs> bring me Gatorade. <laughs> hey, Going back to bed. <laughs> hey, Joe, bring me some, bring me Advil. <laughs> How did you know? I, I know. I know things. It was foretold. Mm-hmm. It was foretold in a prophecy. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, like we'll answer that later is what you're saying. Sure. All right. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look so enthusiastic yeah. about it. What do you think about prophecy? Prophecy is a, a, a necessary part to the faith journey because our whole faith journey is oriented toward eternity and to the beyond, to, you know, to the orientation of our trajectory is moving in a particular direction that God has ordained for us. So it's a teleology. It's a, it's an understanding of the end, uh, you know, of this journey. Teleology. Yeah. Yeah. Teleological understanding comes from a, a sense of what is the, where is this movement, this pilgrimage of life directed to? And is that the root of teleology? Teleportation too. It, well, Tele, 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 yeah, tele, yeah, tele, tele, yeah. That's Not that we're talking telio. about teleportation. Leo, that's Greek. Yeah, it's Greek, man. It's Greek, yeah. Greek, Greek. Got to go back to the Greek, man. Mm-hmm. It's a good mm-hmm. thing to do. That is. So, what prophecies are we talking about? Are we talking about like private revelation? Are we talking about scripture? Well, I, yeah, my hope is we get into all of it. Okay, but I got a couple ones that we'll bring up that will hopefully uh, 
foretell other conversations that we'll have. Okay, great. So I, you know, one of the ones I wanted to start with, I don't, I don't think it's strictly a Catholic prophet, um, but it's probably the most famous, um, at least in the secular mind, famous prophet of all time. And that's Nostradamus. Oh yeah. I don't think the any rapper or like Nas from Queensbridge. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't even know what I'm talking about, Ryan. I, I didn't know he went by Nostradamus. That's where he got his name from. Oh, Nas. oh. yeah, man. See, this is, this is the hip young priest who knows the raps. Oh man. The raps I, of I, things. The raps. <laughs> That's all I listened to. <laughs> I listened to Led Zeppelin on vinyl. <laughs> so I, you know, I listened to gangster rap. not going to answer that question. On right. cassette tape. <laughs> cassette tape. <laughs> on your Walkman. <laughs> No, so Nostradamus, I mean, he really is probably the most famous, you know, psychic or, or prophet or whatever, um, you know, probably the most well-known. Um, you know, it, you know, I think something that's interesting is that most people don't really understand that his name means, uh, his name was Michel de Nostradamus, which is Michael of Our Lady, Notre Dame. Huh. So, he, you know, his... His career and his predictions were very intimately tied in a lot of cases to the church. And he, he spoke about the Pope and the church in just dozens and dozens of time. Um, but he's also, you know, for those of you who don't know how his prophecies work, they're kind of like vague four line poems. They're called quatrains and they're pretty, I don't know. They're, they're kind of vague. And a lot of times they leave themselves open to interpretation where people are like, Oh yeah, that's what that means. Um, but some of the ones that he's kind of credited with really, um, nailing is, you know, some deaths of some Kings around his time. Um, he's really one of the one, more famous ones is he's credited for predicting Hitler. Really? Mm hmm. In a poem? Well, in one of his predictions, he wrote his predictions in what's in four line quatrains. Gotcha. Like, for example, the young lion will overcome the older one on the field of combat in a single battle. He will pierce his eyes through a golden cage. Two wounds made one. Then he dies a cruel death. Prediction. It's prediction. Death of Henry II. Henry II. So what happened oh. in that case was Henry II was the old lion and he was in a jousting tournament and uh, on the field of combat in single battle, which is a joust and his pierce, he will pierce his eyes through a golden cage. Well, he was jousting the tip of the um, joust. <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah. Joust. It's gotta be the horses in a joust. Well, you don't call it it's a horse. You don't call it queuing when you play a pool, you know, sometimes queuing, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, dude, your cue poked me in my eye. Yeah, but you're playing pool, not cues. Cueing, whatever. So his joust. Okay, well, yeah, look, the joust is, came up and poked the him in the eye. Broke in half and went through his cage, his mask, and poked him in the eye. What? And died. How mm. long was that before it happened? So that was like 30 years after Nostradamus died. Wow. So that's one of the more. That kind of really, popular. That really kind of kickstarted his credibility. Now he was famous in his lifetime. Um, he had been a doctor during the plagues, and he was a plague doctor. Remember, you know, with those big long masks and everything. His family died of the plague. So then, after his family died, he kind of ended up becoming a, you know, a doctor and a mystic to various courts, you know, throughout Europe. Um, but this that prediction, the Henry the Second one, was really one that after his death kick-started his infamy, I guess. Hmm. So like, so people started looking at his writings more, right. like, Oh, this guy might know something about me. So he, you know, one of the, he's credited with, um, uh, predicting Napoleon. Like his conquests. Well, just that Napoleon would be a thing, you know, something about a short guy. You know, Napoleon wasn't really that short. He wasn't. It's like five, seven. It's not short. No, it's actually pretty tall for the time. It's just yeah. the, you know, the British kind of gotcha. Some, um, talking, talking some smack about him, getting in his head. Yeah. Like you short Napoleon. Mm. <laughs> think about that. What do you think about that? Napoleon, you're short. What are you going to do where now? The Napoleon complex comes from. Yeah. yeah but I mean, he wasn't even that short. I don't know. Hmm. Five, seven is not short. Yeah. It's all mental. 
um, the Great Fire of London, uh, 16, 1666, a fire kind of burnt down all of London. And um, one of his things that said, the prediction that he wrote in the 1300s is, the blood of the just will be lacking in London, burnt up in the fire of 66. The ancient lady will topple from her high place. Many of the same sect will be killed. Well, in 1666, fire kind of burnt down almost all of London. Hmm. Hmm. So he wasn't a Catholic, but no, he was a Catholic. Oh, okay. He was very Catholic. Okay. His, I mean, his name is Michael of Notre Dame, Michael of Our Lady. Gotcha. But he wasn't like, you know, clergy or anything. Right. Uh, Napoleon um, said, Pa ne Laurent, which are three cities in France. Uh, Pa ne Laurent, more fire than blood, swimming in praise. The great man hurries to the confluence. He will refuse entry to the magpies. Pampum and Durance will confine them. But Pa ne Laurent, Napoleon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, let's see, uh, Hitler beast and ferocious from hunger will swim across the rivers. The greater part of the region will be against the hister, which, uh, the great one will cause to be dragged in an iron cage when the German child will observe nothing. Hmm. So, hmm. but then again, the hister is a river in Germany. So people, so a lot of times his predictions are kind of just people grabbing and looking cues right that you can grab and extrapolate from right extrapolate <laughs> but he did what are you googling over there rich i'm looking up <laughs> i'm looking up uh this this one on the french revolution man this yeah. is pretty fascinating it's uh listen to this line it's from the enslaved populist songs chants and demands while princes and lords are held captive in prisons these will in the future be headless idiots, be received as divine prayers. And I can't help but think, like, maybe this was a prophecy for Les Miserables. <laughs> you know? Those songs, those awesome songs, man. Marius, wake up. What's wrong today? <laughs> you look as you've seen a ghost. You know, I've never Some seen... Some wine and say, what's going on? I've never seen the movie, but I've seen the clip where whoever the dude Russell Crowe is playing commits suicide <laughs> and he's just sitting there singing and then he jumps and okay. Like, you know, he's jumping into a river or something, but no, like he like bounces off of stuff. I'm like, that is incredibly too graphic and unnecessary. It's it pretty bad CGI. It's, it, it took a moment that I assume had not having seen it was supposed to be dramatic and made it kind of, kind of funny. I, mean, I, I cried during that. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> Dude, you cried, Valjean, at last, we see each other plain. Stop. Monsieur Stop. Le Maire. Nostradamus had a prediction about this. About me saying yeah. right now? Yeah. How does it end? It's not we good. stab ourselves in the ears. <laughs> well, I will continue. The young that. lion will get stabbed in the ear by the, <laughs> through the golden cage. Um, but no, yeah, so he also wrote about... You know, since it's a Catholic talk show, he also also wrote about the popes. And one of his is the great star will burn for seven days. The cloud will cause two suns to appear. The big mastiff will howl all night when the great pontiff will change countries. Wow. France. Yeah. Yeah. The Avignon papacies. Yeah. Hmm. But no, this was after Avignon. Really? Yeah. 16. No, this is like the 1540s. When was Avignon? The assassinations of John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy. Man, this guy's like this guy's good. He's on it. Nostradamus, September 11th attacks. No, that. No, see, but here's the thing: a lot of them are fake. People write things that sound vaguely like them <laughs> and say, you know, oh, like he predicted this, but you know, they're fake. Um, here's another one. So this is in uh, Nostradamus Quatrain uh, Century Two Quatrain Ninety Seven. Roman Pontiff, beware of approaching. The city that two rivers flow through, near near there, your blood will come to spurt. You and yours, when the rose will flourish. I, I don't know what that means. I don't either. Doesn't sound good for the Pope, though. No. Like, stay away from two rivers, I guess. Like, th Pittsburgh's fine. That's three rivers, right? Three River Stadium. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, Pittsburgh's cool, but two rivers? So, we're not getting to an end on this. We're just mm. saying that that's what he said. Yeah. But I, again, I think, you know, with, with, with a lot of prophecy, it's, that's the thing though. 
is that it's just kind of open-ended and they say something that sounds vaguely cryptic, put some words in there. And then if it comes true, people are like, see, he predicted that. And left to the imagination of man. Now, so he predicted that in the 1350s and then, I don't know, a Pope eventually gets hurt or something or bleeds somewhere in a city with two rivers. They're like, he predicted that. Did he really, or did he just kind of get lucky? Uh, You know, did he leave enough for extrapolation? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, clearly he had an effect in his generation as well as a seer. He was a physician, but he's also looked to as someone who was very prophetic. And we have people like that in our own generation and, you know, our own communities and different churches that people, when they speak or when they pray for you, it's like, wow, that was, that was pretty deep and insightful and, and prophetic. Um, but you know, there are false prophets. There's false prophets that are explained in the scriptures as well. So to delineate between what is true and authentic prophecy and false prophecy is important. Yeah. I'm going to fall in the camp where I think Nostradamus is not true. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. It's very interesting to read about, but I think it's just a lot of, um, looking back and finding things that fit, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, when you and look trusting at trusting that history repeats itself or pretty much, or that Nepal, Iran, okay. Three cities in France, Napoleon. Okay. That fits. It was Napoleon. It doesn't really say anything, you know, right. but it's going back and trying to find things. And I think a lot of prophecy is like that. It's just so open-ended that when it happens, people are like, Oh, look, it was predicted, but not well, really. when Jesus repeated some of the things, it was from the prophets, right? He repeated stuff that was, he was fulfilling the prop. Yeah. The prophet Isaiah. See, but yeah, yeah. Jesus was actually fulfilling prophecies. There's, mm-hmm. there's a big yeah. difference between fulfilling yeah, and fulfilled making. fulfilled in your hearing. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and he rolled up the scroll of Isaiah, but yeah. it, it's like his manifestation is, is not prophecy in nature. Like, like Sheila is saying, he's the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. And he manifests that in his own body. What a kind of boss move that was. He just rolls up into the synagogue and reads. He's like, you hear that? Yeah. That just happened. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Microphone drop. And here's this 30, you know, 30 year old guy. They had microphones back then. Oh yeah. Oh man. I didn't know that. It's out of a femur of like a wild beast. (laughs) It's a shofar. (laughs) Shofar. Yeah. (laughs) Shofar drop. Such a cool (laughs) shofar drop. Yeah. I like that. The guy we work with actually plays a shofar. Really? Yeah. Yeah, kid that I know back in my diocese does as well. It's pretty cool. Oh, it's a great sound. Yeah, is it hard to play? It's, it's not real. I mean, it, it, it's a ram's horn. I yeah. mean, how hard could it be? And also, how easy could it be? You got to perch your lips, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hear, hear Shafar music's making a really kind of you know, big comeback. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Nas was using it actually. Nas was, yeah. yeah. Nostradamus predicted that Nas, Nas would have the shofar. <laughs> <laughs> that one I believe. That one. <laughs> now you're sold. Now I'm sold. No, so he actually believes in Nostradamus. That's it. I'm flip flopping. <laughs> so, you know, I just, you know, I wanted to bring him up because that's kind of uh I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Catholic prophecies. Yeah. And, and he's a pretty popular not figure famous. in history. Yeah. You know? He's yeah. no Nas, but yeah. He's no Nas, definitely no Nas. Nas. Yeah. Shout out to Queensbridge. Try it. (laughs) (laughs) Who you got? Who you got next? So this one I think is really, it's very similar. And and this ties in and why I wanted to bring up Nostradamus because this one is actually from a Catholic saint. And it's very similar in methodology where it's short phrases that could then in the future be interpreted. Now that's the prophecy of St. Malachi. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, so St. Malachi was a Irish uh, priest and bishop. And he went to Rome on a pilgrimage, uh, 1139. It's a long trip from Ireland. Yeah, and this was like before planes. I know. Yes. Dude, I, I had a, we had to fly to Ireland, and I thought that was ridiculous. And it was like eight hours. Yeah. Whew. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> I sat there in my slippers and like watched TV he, and ate. He, St. Malachi probably got there in two months. <laughs> yeah, two months. He's like, that was pretty easy. That, that wasn't was bad at all. That was like the best trip ever. Yeah, I literally like the peanuts. I mean, I only got stabbed three times. <laughs> got like four bouts of dysentery. <laughs> this was great. Got lost a couple times. Lost, yeah. 
my yeah. gosh. Oh, man, we're such tender feet. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, Sam Malachi, he gets to Rome after his pretty solid journey, right? It's went pretty well. We can only assume. Mm-hmm. And um, upon seeing Rome, he reportedly had a vision where he predicted every pope that would happen until the end of time. Come on. Uh, yeah. You got it. Like, did he like really? Yeah. So he no. seriously, I don't believe you. I don't believe you're prophetic about the prophetic thing. I'm telling you. So this was in the year, uh, 1139. Um, and he reportedly predicted every Pope until the end of time. Okay. So did he give you a list? He did. As it worked out? Well, we're about to see. Now, there's a lot of them that did work out really, really closely, like John Paul II. So his, if you went and you look at from the time that he made the predictions and lined up subsequent Pope with line, the one that would line up with John Paul II is, um, let me see if I want to make sure I get this right, De Labore Solis, which means of the labor of the sun. That's not close. Well, so in those times, they called an eclipse the sun going into labor. Right. John Paul II was born during an eclipse. Oh, man. His funeral happened during an eclipse. Okay, so you're, you're saying 50 or 40 popes he predicted. So why does a pope, like, he gets up there and he's like, well, I got to do this because, you know... St. Malachi said so. Well, yeah, but I mean, how, some of the things, how could you, like, um, like how could you I control mean, the eclipse of the sun? Right. And, you know, you how could you, some of them, yeah, you can't, yeah. I get it. But like Pope Leo, Pope, you know, whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. they're just like, yeah, I'll be Pope Leo. Oh, dang it. You got me. I've looked through this before, you know, a, a while back and some of them like struck me like, wow. So and then like, other ones, it's like, well, okay. John Paul the first. Do you know what his was? Um, Latin for of the half moon. And he was born in a half moon. <laughs> and from half He tried to moon somebody and only one. No. <laughs> from half moon to half moon. Ryan is so irreverent. I know. He, he, um, he reigned as Pope for a month from the half moon to the half moon. Oh, wow. Right? That, that's, yeah, that's pretty legit. Paul VI, uh, Flos Florum, Flower of Flowers. His papal insignia, a fleur-de-lis, which is a flower with flowers. So he didn't prophesize the name that they chose. No. He, he has this sort of same thing that Nostradamus did where right. he's like uh, writing John, stuff down. John the 23rd, pastor at Nadua, which means pastor and sailor. And John the 23rd was the pastor of Venice, which is oh the, wow. the marine city, the home of gondolas. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Pius the, cool. Pius the 12th, Pastor Angelicus, which, you know, Pius the 12th, that's mine. That's my, that's my guy. Um, what does Angelicus mean? Uh, you know. The angelic pastor. You're I mean, going to fill that in like you well, did the other ones? Sure. Or? I mean, <laughs> waiting for you. He, I, saved, I, he saved the lives of hundreds of thousands of Jews during the, um, gotcha, during the okay. Shoah. Yeah. Um, he spoke out yeah. against nuclear war. He shepherded the church during just a terrible time yeah, in history. Was. Um, Pope Pius X, uh, Ignis Ardens, Ardent Fire. I mean, Pius X was pretty on fire and pretty, yeah. you know. Um, there's, there's a lot of, so, I mean, there's ones of these going all the way back to 1130. Now, here's the interesting thing. Here's how it gets into the end of the world. Mm. Oh, prophetic end of the world. Like so, that, that movie with uh, Schwarzenegger? No. What's <laughs> yeah, his you name? Just, you Nicholas just Cage. Oh, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> oh, Lord. For those of you who are just listening in, Ryan flexed as he explained that. That's what this is about. Which Arnold Schwarzenegger came to mind. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So um, Benedict the Sixteenth was uh, Gloria Olive, which Gloria the Olives or... Well, the Benedictines are the Olivetians. Mm. Kind of a tenuous one. He's mm-hmm. not a Benedictine, but Benedict, okay. Um, and then after that, the list stops. There is one more. So according to 
St. Malachi's prophecy, we are on the last pope on his list, Pope Francis. Dun, 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 dun. And it's a great segue to the apocalyptic prophecies. Yeah, well, that is a... <laughs> it's, it's, that's not a segue, dude. That is an apocalyptic <laughs> prophecy. I mean, there's no segue well, for, there. Well, for people who, whose brains don't work that fast, it's a segue. Right. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I'm just like wanting this drum to be like, boom, hold on. Boom. It's like, boom. A, that's like the motor boom. in my brain. Boom. So yeah, the last Pope on his list that he's predicted since, you know, 900 years is it just says Petrus Romanus, which is Peter the Roman. And it says in a time of great persecution, uh, the Holy See will be occupied by Peter the Roman who will feed the sheep through many tribulations at the term of which the city of seven hills will be destroyed and the formidable judge will judge his people the end. The end. The end. The end. I mean... <laughs> so, yeah. So... Prepare the way. <laughs> again, though, I don't know. Some people say, okay, these are pretty accurate, right? Other people say, well, this list, supposedly written in 1139, wasn't really found until the 1500s. So anyway, you know, a lot of people say that this whole prophecy of St. Malachi was a forgery intended to support the candidacy of a particular cardinal. Um, there was a cardinal who was up for election, um, who was the Bishop of Oviedo. And Oviedo in, comes from the root word for old city. And the year they found it was 1590. And the prediction for the Pope that would be elected at that point was from the old city. He didn't get elected, right? So... It didn't actually work, but then the prophecy kind of stuck. But then some of them kind of match up. So I don't know. Again, to me, it seems like one of those things where people can find meaning in just about anything. It's all shaky ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the St. Paul's outside of the wall, you know, the popes and how many spaces are left for, you know, the, the popes to come. And there's only like, what, four or six spaces left mm-hmm. or something. And and Francis is up there now. And there's, oh, you really? Know, yeah. Have you never heard of that? And then at um, the end, you know, that last Pope that takes that last space, you know, it, it precedes the second coming. Kind nah, of I ain't buying that. But it's not lining up. St. Paul the outside the wall is not lining up with the prophecy of Malachi. And, yeah. And that's another thing that's pretty, very important. Pretty close to like three or four popes mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And if you adjust for anti-popes. <laughs> if you adjust. Right. <laughs> One or two. One or two. Take off a couple. Yeah. I don't know. I really tend to be pretty skeptical on prophecies and stuff. Yeah. yeah well, you know, it's coming off that way. You're making me a skeptic too. Now, but And, the, and I, you know, it's rationally so. Let me just say that according to scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Test everything and retain what is good. So again, it's like filtering through St. Malachi's prophecy. Like I said, John Paul II or other places when I read it, I remember like, wow, like that was really. Test everything. Yeah, it was like, so you test it, you pull out a few things. Maybe there was a little bit of a vision that St. Malachi had that holds some merit. Maybe the architect of this church hold some merit and it, it says something prophetic, but it doesn't have to mean that everything that this person has said is absolutely prophetic. It's like the Pope, the Pope is infallible, but how many times throughout history has the Pope spoken from his seat of infallibility? Twice. Yeah. It's a hand, it's a few times, it's just two or three yeah, times. It's yeah. not much. So it's not much. So it's important to realize that and prophecy in that similar way, we have to engage it, discern it, test it, retain what is good and apply it. And, and I think looking at that scripture and related to all of prophecy, it helps us to build that vision of the kingdom that the prophecy points to. Mm-hmm. So we, we, you said mass with us this morning and, yes. and what did we pray after the mass? We prayed the same Michael prayer. Right. And you know how that was written? It was inspired by Pope Leo and he had a mystical it? experience. Right. And it was alarmed that, that the church, uh, was under some type of attack. Right. Right. So in 1884 on October 13th, so 33 years before the miracle of the sun in Fatima, uh, Pope Leo had a vision and he had a vision that Satan and Jesus were talking in the, um, uh, in St. Peter's and he heard them talking and, and in, in his, the recounting of it, Uh, He heard Satan saying to Jesus, I can destroy your church. And Jesus said, you you can. Well, go ahead. Try. 
And Satan said to do so. Interesting conversation. It it almost sounds like Job in a way, you know, like the the book of Job. Yeah, it really has more of a a, a view of Satan as the adversary and the accuser. Accuser, yeah. yeah, And not, you know, pitchfork guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The accuser of our brother has been cast down. Hashatan, that's where it comes from, the accuser. So anyway, to do so, Satan said, to do so, I need more time and more power. And Jesus said, well, how much time and how much power? And Satan said, 75 to 100 years and a greater power over those who will give themselves over to my service. And Jesus said, you have the time, you have the power, do with it what you will. Now, this prophecy says, okay, well, 75 years to 100 years after 1884, Satan will destroy the church. A lot of super, super tradies say, well, 75 years from 1884 puts us right into Vatican II. Uh And they destroyed the church and got rid of all the traditions and the church is destroyed from that. Hmm. Well, anyway, after writing this, um, after having this vision, Pope Leo wrote the St. Michael prayer. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. Another interesting note that tradies bring up is that after after every Mass, the St. Michael prayer was always said until Vatican II. Oh, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, there's your apocalyptics, folks. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going down burning. Satan's, Satan's <laughs> Can evil. you feel the fire? <laughs> Satan's evil plot to take over the world and the church is nuns in pantsuits. And, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Man, geez, I tell you. And uh, yeah. And to, not be, to not be overwhelmed by fear. But to really establish yourself in the word of Jesus. Clearly, Jesus in this interaction with Satan does not back down, speaks from a very confident power in that omnipotence that is properly Jesus. There is no greater power in heaven or earth that every knee must bend and every head bow and reverence the name and the power of Jesus. So there's there's no worries whatsoever when it comes to the church that Jesus established upon the apostolic roots of our faith. And though Satan may try and every type of demonic power may come against it, it is going to stand the test of time. And that's what Jesus is saying. Do, do what you Even will. Even if there's felt banners? Do what you will. <laughs> Even if there's felt banners. <laughs> you really we saying got that? Through, dude, we got through the carpets and the clown ministry of <laughs> what was going on in the 70s. Ryan, the gates of hell would not prevail against the church <laughs> with guitar masses, felt banners, Shag carpets, shag carpets, pizza masses, pizza masses. Is that a thing? Pizza and beer, really? Yes, sir. Yeah, pizza and it beer happened. during mass. It happened. Wow. Yeah, it's stuff like that's happened. Yeah, hokey. That's just. I watched a, a liturgical abuse video, which is just so disturbing. <laughs> yeah, liturgical abuse video. <laughs> was, there was a few of them. Google that. When I was in seminary, and these guys had these huge heads that they made out of paper mache. I've seen that. And they were like dancing around the sanctuary. That's weird. Strange, dude. Was it? Where was it? Somewhere in Houston, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> that's that's the only thing I can figure is I don't think it was Satan. I just think they were there's, there's probably some cocaine use. Probably some drugs. bad decisions. You got to look to Vatican II that comes in the context of what was going on in the world, and yeah. then also like the hippie revolt, the, yeah. the sexual revolution, the hippie revolt. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> there was a wait. Lot I thought they were about peace. There is no revolt. No, that's it. They were they were drop they were tuning out and dropping out, Ryan. <laughs> they so intended glad. to revolt. <laughs> they, they just it. passed out. They just passed out. <laughs> <laughs> they smoked too much weed. <laughs> Damn it, man. I was gonna revolt. <laughs> yeah, so so anyway, yeah, that's the vision of Leo the thirteenth. And um I don't know. What do you guys think about that one? I don't know. Uh, I, I again I, I, I think like it the out, says, I like the outcome of the St. Michael prayer. Yeah. Yeah. So 75 years. I don't really think that church was destroyed. I think Jesus was like, you, you, you ain't gonna do nothing, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've had a personal experience with praying the St. Michael prayer where I am a absolute believer and will never shake from something like that after the after my experience in the prisons praying that prayer. Incredible. 
I, I was, I, I was in this maximum security prison, all of these kids, uh, you know, they've done the most horrific things that you could ever imagine. I actually worked it out to get in with the juvenile population. These kids are going to be locked up for the rest of their life. Some of the stuff that they've done, hmm. I was inspired to go do it. And I, I didn't think about it until like weeks prior. And I'm thinking like, Lord, what am I going to say to these kids? I'm going to be going in there, whatever. And <clears throat> So um, I'm looking at the newspaper and every week there's stories coming out that are just like things that rip your heart out, like horrible, dark, evil stuff. So it comes to the day and I've got nothing. All I have is a Bible in my hand. I walk in, go through all the different securities, walk into general population and the doors close behind me. And I still had nothing. But when, when that door clicked, I just heard God in my heart say, Richard, love them love them. And that will be enough. So I started with like two kids over a period of three weeks, the entire population in the jail cell was, was there. And this one particular evening we were praying and I invited them to call on the Holy spirit. And then I lifted my voice above there. So here's these like 40 guys all calling on the Holy spirit. And then I lifted my voice and praise God and called down the spirit. And the kids were hit by the grace of God. And they were all like, whoa, did you feel that? That was awesome. That was awesome. Pastor Rick, can we do that? Can we do that again? So the next week comes around, Pastor Rick, come on, man. We, can we do that Holy Spirit prayer? And the Holy like, Spirit yeah, day. Yeah, like, we'll do awesome. It. So I started and there's these kids in the back and they just start like this demonic chant thing. And it was like scary. People were freaking out by it. And I slid into the St. Michael prayer and I've never prayed it more from my heart and like drive and enthusiasm. And I just felt this movement of grace from the back of the room through everybody. And it just like slayed hearts, dude. And everybody went silent. And then everybody was like, whoa, what, what was that? Did you feel that? Did you feel that? Oh my God. So from that moment on, I've never seen St. Michael manifest in grace in front of my eyes like that. And no doubt, you know, the power against evil rests in his shield, man, and, and yeah. his sword, just a, a powerful intercessor, archangel. Yeah. I didn't know that came to us 150 years ago or whatever. 1884. Yeah. So it's a good story. Yeah. But dude, like, okay, this is after Vatican two, right? How is St. Michael still at work? Huh? 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 What are you going to tell me? Satan. (laughs) Satan. So now here's one that I don't doubt. That's uh, Our Lady of Fatima. Oh yeah. Now Our Lady of Fatima, really, that was a very, very prophetic. Yeah. Like communism and communism and, and, you know, the rise of, um, you know, great world wars. Yeah. Um, you know, she, she predicted, um, you know, the fall of Russia and, you know, all that, um, and specifically said that if things don't get better, there'll be a second and worse war in, in the pontificate of Pius, the, um, Pius the 11th. And sure enough, there was, so, I mean, it predicted world war two and everything. I mean, it's, it's very, 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 um, accurate. But then there was the third secret that she gave. Now that's where things got all, all crazy. Uh, yeah. Because it was sealed and it wasn't to be delivered to anyone except for the Pope. So everyone's like, well, what is this third secret? Some people said. It's that. like the kids had it or the, uh, they were now adults or something. Well, the, the two, uh, Martos, Jacinta, yep. they, they, they passed away young. Yeah. The third one, um, Lucinda, Lucia dos Santos. Lucia. She became a nun and she gave it and, it was locked away. It was in a sealed envelope. No one was allowed to see what it was. And everyone speculated that it told about the end of the world. Right. And this is from, this is from Mary. This is, this is not Nostradamus or some document they found, you know, this is right from Mary. Um, then it was finally after John (coughs) Paul was shot in, uh, in the assassination attempt, he asked to be delivered that third message and he read the prediction himself. And the prediction was about a Pope or a Bishop in white getting shot. And it, yeah. he, and he took that cause he was shot on the feast of our lady of Fatima and that he survived. He took that, 
he read that um, prophecy and said, this was um, her protection that saved me and that the third sequel was that, I, you know, the Pope would be yeah. saved. Um, How cool is that? You're like, mm -hmm. yeah, fa uh, fa Our Lady Fatima said something about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and <laughs> just, that's her. a good mention. That's a good mention. <laughs> you know, in the in the journey of life, we have many different turns, and and we don't know where we're going sometimes, and and we're we hit a crossroad or a fork in the road. Do I make a left or do I make a right? And so often in my experience of prayer, is I turn to Our Lady and I just trust her hand. You know, she is the immaculate woman, you know, the, the mother of God who has manifestly accomplished the will of God in such a beautiful and serene way. And she walks slow, man. And having her hand and, and knowing that she's with me, I mean, I, I don't worry about making decisions in my life that are motivated by prayer and, and where God is inviting me. Um, but it is, it's a slow walk. And I, I think of John Paul II, I can't even imagine after this experience to have the prophetic affirmation of his totus tuus, you yeah. know, his, his motto of entirely yours, blessed mother, you know, and seeing how she did guide him through a very difficult moment of an attempt at his life. Yeah. Now, but now here's the thing, a lot of people who our conspiracy theorist said, well, it's not, that wasn't it. That wasn't the exact, they didn't really release the full thing. But, you know, if you go to the Vatican's website, you can see right here in her handwriting, the, the secrets that she wrote. And, and the third message is, let's see, and this was released by John Paul II and, um, uh, Benedict when he was, uh, you know, Cardinal Ratzinger. And she said, um, so why did she release it? She, she, um, she just had to release it to a pope. Yeah, and well, she wasn't allowed to release it. She had to seal it, and the pope had he requested made it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he had made the decision to release it, and uh, it said, um, "We saw an immense light that is God. Something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it. A bishop dressed in white. We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Other bishops, priests, men, and women religious going up a steep mountain, at the top of which was a big cross with rough-hewn trunks of a cork tree." Uh, before reaching there, the Holy Father passed through a big city, half in ruins and half trembling with halting step. Afflicted with pain and sorrow, he prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on the way. Having reached the top of the mountains, on his knees at the foot of the big cross, he was killed by a group of soldiers who fired bullets and arrows at him. And in the same way there died, one after another, the other bishops, priests, men and women religious and various lay people. Beneath the two arms of the cross there were two angels, each carrying a crystal uh, aspersorium in their hand in which they gathered up the blood of the martyrs and they sprinkled the souls that were making their way to God. So that was the third prophecy of Fatima. So what does it mean? Um, <laughs> Nobody knows. Well, wow. John Paul took it to mean that he was, you know, shot and he, he made it. But then other people say, well... They're saying the city's ruined, there's bodies everywhere, and every priest and all the bishops are round up and killed. So it hasn't really been sort of that's that's well, that's the debate. That's that's, that's the, the nature of prophecy, is yeah. that it's vague, you know? Yeah. You but take, I mean this, but this is, what is good. This is from Our Lady of Fatima. This is not Oh yeah. This is not from a you know No Stradamus. Right. Yeah. But I mean it's still a message, right? Right. So it still has to be in juxtaposition to something that allows it to be made sense of yeah you know pretty crazy though yeah i mean yeah it's crazy crazy stuff that you read right cool it is so i mean there's a lot of other so there's a lot of other prophecies we know we can do this all day but you know our lady of uh basalette you've you've heard of her mm -hmm. I, I know a basalette priest and i know i've i've read it before but i don't recall it off the top of my head mm -hmm. um yeah, I mean, she she talked about the end of the world. Um, um, there's, you know, quotes from all kinds of saints, um, like John Bosco said, well, supposedly said there will be an ecumenical council in the next century after which there will be chaos in the church. Well, you got to look at the uh, Second Vatican. Right. <laughs> chaos. Here we go again. Chaos. There's just chaos. Banners. Diabolical felt banners. <laughs> 
All right. So venerable um, Anne Emmerich. Have you ever heard of her? Yeah. Mm. So she was she was a prophetess, and one of hers was. Um, I saw also the relationship between the two popes. Well, when have there ever been two popes besides now? Yeah. yeah. I saw how baleful would be the consequences of this false church. I saw it increase in size, heretics of every kind coming to the city of Rome. Once more, I saw the church of Peter was undermined by a plan evolved by the secret sect of Masons while storms are damaging it. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> These are confusing to me. A lot of this stuff is so confusing. I'm like, um, yeah, and there's <laughs> bricks and fires and arrows and bullets. <laughs> it's like, okay. Okay. What am I going to do about it? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, cool. left to all of it. That's I think that's the question. Serious, what am yeah. I? What am I going to do about it? I mean, yeah, I want to get excited about it, but I'm like, uh, no, no. You, you guys have heard of Isaac Newton, right? Yeah. So Isaac Newton, one of the best mathematicians ever. Well, what people don't know is, aside from you know figuring out gravity, he also spent like most of his time doing math, trying to figure out the date of the end of the world. <laughs> and he came up with either using math. Either 2034 or 2060. What about, they, there's another. What about Y2K? Dude, there's like somebody saying there's like the end of the world. They make a lot of money off they this. Do. They well, do. Well, it's, it's been through every generation, man. Did they have a mathematician figure out how much money people make when they figure well, it St. out? Well, St. Paul himself in, in the literature in the New Testament, he, he was under the impression that the end times were within his time frame. Yeah. So, and it's true. There's been so many things like the left behind series. Yeah. Look how much money that made off. Oh of, you know, my goodness. It, or any, that's the one that any um, apocalyptic Cage movie. Yeah. Apocalyptic yeah. movies that have been going on for decades, yeah. you know, because people bank on that type of fear and it, and it's intrigue. It is, you know, it's intrigue, yeah. but left to left to all of this stuff. It, you, you sit there and you return to that scripture that I mentioned before you take Test these things, you glean what is good, not what captures you in fear, not what, not what cripples you, but something that you can glean from the good so that you can figure out what you need to do. And what you need to do is prepare and be the very best person that you can possibly be to live that mission of Christ, to live that, that prophetic nature of your call as a baptized member of Christ to live that prophet, that prophetic voice in your communities, in your families, in the places where you work, in your churches, and to continue to move forward in the gift of faith that's been entrusted to us. Yeah. Every, I mean, every year, some other, some guy comes along, like it's the end of the world. You hear about it literally every couple months. And, and it, no, it's so funny. It's, it's you know, my, it's, my, my view on prophecies of the end of the world, it really is. And we talked about this at the beginning is, and you said it, no one knows. No, no one it, knows. It's, it's our fascination with the temporal reality that we mm -hmm. live in. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, um, <clears throat> that's the same thing that Saul you know, in the old Testament got in trouble for, he didn't trust God and he wanted to look behind the veil. So he drew, he rode out to the witch of Endor to try to get the future told to him because people don't just trust God and just say, well, it's going to happen when it happens and there's nothing I can do about it. And people are always trying to get behind the veil and, and know things that they shouldn't know. And it's, it's Gnosticism, right? Speaking of Gnosticism, We've got a question for you. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right. So we're, we're wrapping up. <laughs> all right. So this one's going to be thematic. Okay. Okay. This is the Inquisition. This is going to have a sip of coffee. No coffee. <laughs> Put the coffee down. <laughs> no stalling. No coffee. All right. Spilt it on my pantalones. So we 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 already brought up that. I mean, I think we're in agreement here <clears> that <throat> most prophecies. They're only good for so much. And most people read into them more than they you know, should. Right. I mean, Jesus himself said, no man shall know the day or the hour. Right? Correct. So what if you took, how many people on earth? What? Bi uh, six, six, seven, six, billion, seven billion. billion? Yeah. What if each one of them picked one date from here till now, till seven billion out? And each one of them picked a date and then kept doing that. Eventually someone would land on the right date at the end of the world. Like a lottery almost. Right. 
which would make him a profit. Would somebody the lottery profit? Would somebody know the date and the hour? <laughs> oh my god! From a state of omniscience, absolutely not. From That's a chance, right. from, from chance, chance of, yeah, maybe like <laughs> like my father's been playing the lotto for you know as long as I know. He had shoe boxes filled with lotto tickets. I mean, yeah, I mean if you if you play as many shoe numbers, boxes. he literally did. Oh my god! Like you know, playing for that many years. Now, pop, if you win the lotto, you know you got to take care of your son, and I'd like to do some interesting stuff like build a vocation platform for a couple mil you know what i mean like but i'm i'm serious like it's going to be out of mere chance and happenstance and luck if you if you select something like that yeah but they would have gotten it right they would have guessed the right time and hour i'm with father rich on this one omniscience did they do it out of omniscience do it out of omniscience well, what? Okay, well, out of a spirit well, so in vain, is- in vain of this this talk today, this uh, episode, out of prophecy, he said, "You will not know. You will not know." So those people that select that day, that doesn't mean they knew. Comes that like day. a thief in the night, bruh. All right, I think that's a fair answer. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair answer. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah, I'll take how, it. How appropriate, though. Yeah, the yeah, question that was good. That was a thematic. Yeah. Like the first time we've ever done that. Yeah. I like that. Just trying to keep it all, you know, put together. In the same vein, man. I'm trying to keep it all like like that. Like this. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. (laughs) Well, cool. You guys ready to wrap it up? I think so. Let's do it. Hope you guys are having a beautiful day. Thank you for joining us and spending your time with the Catholic Talk Show. We love being here with Cast Media in LA. Remember to join us and subscribe. Give us some feedback and definitely give us some ratings of five stars, one whatever platform. We love you guys and we'll continue to journey in faith together. All right. Peace. Peace.